You know what I like? I like the French language. It just sounds nice. It's elegant. It's soothing. You know what else I like? Google Translate. So if you type in, for example, legs, French, you can hear side-by-side -side pronunciations. So. Legs. Boring. Jambes. 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 J-A-M-B-E-S. Isn't that awesome? Imagine ZZ Top from their hit 80s song. She's got... Jambes. She knows how to use them. Okay, here's another one. Let's try this. Ah, very nice. Lips. Boring. Lèvres. Kiss me on the... Lèvres. Awesome. So, let's try this one. Arms. All right. Bras. It almost sounds like an exhale. What is that? Bras. It's spelled B-R-A-S. It's, it's like a soft whisper. Bras. All right. One more here. Let's see. Stomach. Right. Estoma. Estoma. Oh, she sounds a little Spanish, but uh, let's hear that again. Estoma. Okay, enough of that. But point is, French is a nice language, and I liked it. liked it so much I took a French class my freshman year in high school, and it was intimidating because we had freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors, and everyone had to always do their oral recess, uh, recitation in front of other people. And you had to say phrases like, Il nage, je pleure, il faut faire aujourd'hui, est-ce que tu déjeuner avec moi? And I don't recall what they mean. And for those of you who speak French, my apologies. But you had everyone cracking up at you as you're doing these lessons. So there's a lot of peer pressure there. However, Scrawny Lonnie, freshman of the class, got the best pronunciation award for the year. So second seniors is what I was saying at the time come end of the school year. I bring this up because our next guest, one of my good friends, moved himself and his family from Petty to Detroit, Michigan, the motor city capital of the world, to be in the heart of the auto industry for various reasons. You're going to hear Bertrand's story here in a moment. Stay tuned. You join Lonnie Miller on an episode of Beyond My Day Job. Bonjour, hello, Monsieur Lacato. Comment allez-vous? <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> well, happy, happy weekend to you. Thank you, and happy weekend to you too. And uh, I hope you can enjoy that nice weather. We just had snow here, so yeah, for, for for those of you. Joining us on Beyond My Day Job, uh, we are talking to Bertrand Racato, and it is May 9th, 2020, and it's, what is it doing in Michigan? Uh, we had a little bit of snow yesterday and last night uh, in Michigan. That's, that's I mean, for most of my adult life, that's, that's late to be having snow in lower Michigan. 
Yeah, well, it's it's a good reminder for me of uh, of uh, the time I arrived in Michigan four years ago. Um, the, I arrived about the same at the same period, uh, early May, and um, the first day I arrived, we were in the uh, mid eighties, and ten days after, we had an inch of snow on a Sunday morning when we woke up. So it's just you know a nice reminder of uh, the choice I made. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, I am dealing with copperhead snakes, black widows, brown recluse, and wolf spiders. So it's all new to me down here in the south. Okay, I'll, I'll leave that for you. Um, I'm not fond of those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. I'm having to adjust. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Well, thanks for being here uh, virtually. Uh, it's the first episode I think that I've had in 2020, and it is our continued coronavirus quarantine uh, globally, definitely nationally. So uh, what yep. better thing to do than to talk with friends who have interesting um, aspects of their life and um, in the safety of our own home, I guess. Yes, exactly. Safety on, of, of our own home. And uh, well, thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be to, to be your guest today. And, <laughs> well, we'll uh, see how honored you are later. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we'll see that <laughs> along my with my answers. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I asked you to join us. And for those of you listening, um, most of our episodes try to just have some fun with people's side hobbies, high effort hobbies, as I've called it in the past. But Bertrand's got a very interesting story for his love of something, which we'll get to in a minute. But before we do... Uh, why don't you just give us a you know simple concept of what you do when you're work or career, Bertrand? Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm working in the uh, automotive industry, so uh, this is why I ended up also in, in Michigan. Um, I'm doing market research and market intelligence. I've been doing that for about 20 years now, working for different companies, car makers, suppliers, and uh, I would say that for the past 10, 12 years, I've worked for uh, uh, for uh, market research companies or data companies. And uh, in, the, in the middle of that, I also had my, my own business for a couple of years uh, back in France because uh, I'm French. Uh, probably can, can tell because of my accent. Um, but um, yeah, so all French people are not mine. So just, <laughs> just a quick reminder. <laughs> Um, and um, and I moved here in in Detroit, I mean in the Detroit area about four years ago after several trips back and forth, uh, starting to maybe imagining my life here. So I'm 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 working in the car industry, and and uh, it's not something you sometimes you just be, you just fall into something just because of the uh, of the luck of a, of an internship or, or, or just, you know, a relation. It's, right. it's, it's a choice for me. It's, uh, there was nothing else than that, that could interest me, but working in the car industry. So let's, let's, okay. So, cause you are the only individual I've ever met that had such a love of a geographic area and frankly, the industry that it represents that you made a life, you know, choice for you and I want to talk to you about, you know, what went into that. So, you moved to Detroit, so j just for the benefit, where specifically were you in France um, prior to about four years ago? Um, I, I spent about fifteen years in Paris before moving uh, moving to Detroit, uh, and and before that, 
I was uh, I, I I was I grew up in the uh, in the center of France in a in a region called uh, Auvergne, and uh, it's really you, you throw a dart in the middle of France, and you're probably okay. gonna fall twenty miles away from where I grew up, uh, and 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 just. Uh, because we're in America, there's something funny about the region I grew up. It's called Bourbonnais because of the King of Bourbons. Uh, it's a dynasty of kings in France. And uh, this is where the name Bourbon, uh, the drink, comes from. Ah, all right. All right. I'm, I'm running into the Bourbon culture here in North Carolina. Yeah, I'm sure you're, you're in the area for that. <laughs> so, so, you, so, so, okay. So, so tell me, like... What's the single thing that got you to say, I'm going to go move to the United States? <laughs> well, it's, it's, I think it's a, it's a three-step process. The first step is how, how, I, uh, how I got into the idea of moving was, was probably the first thing. I was uh, living in, in, in the Paris area with my wife. And, uh, uh, well, no, we were, we were living actually downtown Paris. And uh, we were about to have our first first kid. And uh, we discussed opportunities of, of moving out of Paris because uh, re, um, real estate is really expensive in the city. And uh, raising a kid in a, in a city was not m- my philosophy. I, I grew up in the, in the countryside. Okay. Uh, running in fields, having a, a large backyard in the house. So I couldn't see myself raising kids in, in the Paris area in, in the middle of concrete and, uh, and cars and, uh, and stores. Mm-hmm. So we looked in two different options. And uh, the first one was to move in the southeast, southwest of France. Uh, great region for food. Uh, I've, I have a love for food. It's a family thing. My grandmother, was, uh, was, she was having her own restaurants and she was, she was cooking for that restaurant. Uh, my mother was cooking every weekend, so that's something that, that was around me, and I grew up with that. So that region had this little something, uh, plus some nice geography and, and, and nice people. It didn't. It didn't become concrete. So the it didn't didn't become uh, be, become something. So the year after, we got the opportunity to. Uh, I was working for a company that that's called RL Paul that you you know of, Loni, I, I guess. <laughs> and uh, there was an opportunity to move to uh, to move to Detroit. And uh, basically, that opportunity came a week after we looked at each other with my wife and saying. Why don't we move back to the U.S.? Because I finished my studies in the U.S., uh, Cleveland, to be exact. Mm-hmm. So this is probably the, the second thing that uh, triggered my, the fact that I wanted to move here. Um, so Detroit, uh, this, this is just, just a quick, as a quick reminder, uh, Detroit was that year, the year in the, uh, in, during the Super Bowl, you had this ad, this is Detroit, this is what we do with Eminem. That was Eminem, right? And and this is just the moment where I said, "Huh, Detroit, yeah, (laughs) that's it." This is I I I finished my studies in Cleveland, so I knew about the Great Lakes. I came to Detroit a couple of times when I was in Cleveland. Well, nothing so nothing very memorable or anything like that. I came for the auto show and uh, and and, telling me that Eminem influenced you to move to Detroit. uh, Not no, not I mean I, I. I like his, some of his music, but I wouldn't say that uh, he's the one who triggered the things. Really, the ad, uh, the spirit behind the ad, the mindset, the tone. Uh, it's really something that I said, well, that's uh, if, if, well, it just, it just increased the curiosity to learn about the city. And we started to read and, and learn and watch videos and documentaries on Detroit. Right. 
I started to dig into the thing. Uh, I that that very year, 2011, I traveled three times to Detroit to prepare uh, uh, to prepare moving there, which never happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not that year, and uh, uh, and ever since we, I fell in love with Detroit for 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 the third reason also is that uh, I, I'm I have a passion, uh, a true one, and this is cars. <laughs> for cars, yes, yeah. and I, I have a true passion for cars, and and. Uh, and it's just like it's Disney. I used to say it's Disneyland for car guys. It's everything here is turned towards car. You, you discuss with someone, every everyone here has, a, has at least some knowledge about the industry, about models of cars, about uh, something about the industry, buildings. Everything talks to you about cars here. So, uh, and my wife knew that uh, she married someone with a, a passion for car. And she knew that she had to share me with that passion. So uh, that's <laughs> that's something very important. I, I even did. Uh, I, I was the best man for a wedding uh, of, of a friend who's uh, uh, who's I met. Uh, I met him in a in a car club, and I I told everyone during my speech at the wedding. Well, uh, you will always share your husband with his cars. That's something. You, <laughs> and and when he says I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a drive alone in the countryside. Is not cheating on you. He's just going to draw, drive right. his cars in the countryside. There will be nobody else in the car. <laughs> <laughs> there are two loves. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So this is, these are the three things that really the 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 uh, willing to move uh, Detroit and then the cars and, and and it was the recipe that made it for us. And ever since we decided that yes, we would be moving to Detroit at some point. And and it took five years actually to uh, to happen. So we moved in 2016. So how willing was your wife to go along with this? Well, she was highly motivated. Um, she was. Okay. Yeah, she was highly. I, I didn't have to convince her of, of anything except the weather. <laughs> and, and and I must say that I'm probably the one that is complaining the most now of it. <laughs> Sleep in the bed you made. <laughs> so well. Um, the uh, the decision was was easy to make because uh, we, we wanted to uh, to move out of of Paris and and more likely move out of France, see something else. Uh, there was something that we were not feeling right about the uh, about the uh, the school here in um, the school back there in France. Uh, there was uh, we were a little fed up and and I had my own business and we were. That's a harsh thing to say, but I think we we were not seeing any any way to still have hope and 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 build something for our kids staying in France. Okay. So we had to change, and uh, and in the meantime, Detroit came as the uh, the alternative and and the, the, or the new opportunity. Well, it's it's an amazing story and just you know kind of a focused goal that you set, and man, you made it happen. So having worked with you, and then suddenly you're like, I'm moving to Detroit. I'm like. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> I, love, I love your motivation. Yeah, you, well, yes, ahead. sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I, I like to, when I, when I have an idea, uh, I, I like to, to go to the, the step where, okay, let's make it real. Let's make it happen. And, right. uh, and this is true not only in, 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 in that experience, but in other things that are directly related to, to my hobby. Um, cars and and I, I I organized a lot of things. I became president of my own club uh, after after being um, 
the, the finest guy for another club, uh, organized uh, d- different types of events and, and things like that. And I, I was reading my element with, uh, with cars there. And... So let's, can we talk about that? I want to I hear, because not many people appreciate what a car club means. You know, you have, you have different types of clubs. Yes. But what, what's the fundamental essence of being part of a car club? What's, what, what goes on really? Well, there are there are different things and different nature of car clubs, but uh, I would say that my 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 passion for cars is uh, it's it's a polymorphic thing. I, I like the industry. I work in my passion in, in a way, but it's really splitted with the the way I love the product, the cars. Um, so the industry is, is a passionate thing, also. So I, I like my job. I like what I do, mm-hmm. but the hobby is a, is an entire entirely different thing it's it's an experience this is where i i this is a relation with the product with the stories with the people that made this the products and it came from uh, well for me it came from my dad uh i was talking about the cooking thing in my family yeah uh there are three things that i grew up with and and still influence my life on a daily basis uh so it's the food cooking uh, the, the second thing is that is, um, is, uh, music. I grew up with listening to music a lot. There was a lot of music around me. I learned, uh, I learned how to play music, um, and, and, and gave up because I was not good. I have no talent, I would say for playing an instrument, even though I still try to, to play guitar. Uh, yeah, yep, I'm with you. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 the the third thing is cars. My father has two patients for, one is for uh, two patients for different things. The first one is is uh, he, he has a, he was he was a, in the in the French army, so he's a military guy, mm-hmm. and uh, he was doing a lot of uh, uh, sports shooting uh, competition and things like that. And uh, my brother is uh, collecting uh, everything militaria. Uh, he has a love for uh, for uh, um, everything about the army, and and actually this is his job also. Uh, is part of the veterans' affair in France, so uh, we, we ended up working in our passion. <laughs> and 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 my the other the other passion that my 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 dad has was for cars. And I, when I grew up, he was buying two cars in a junkyard, and on weekends he was he was fixing the two cars into one and then selling it. <laughs> So my car. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, my father is from Madagascar. This is a country in Africa where people are still fixing cars with whatever they find that, that, that is, that is uh, around them. So it's very ingenious and, and very, uh, uh, it's, it's something in the culture that you make it work no matter what. And, um, and so I grew up with my dad fixing the cars, the family cars, um, fixing cars just as a hobby and uh and he taught me how to uh to to work with a carburetor and and to uh change the door to change to change brakes and and things like that so it, it was uh and and i started to drive uh at 11 years old in my small village on my father's lap years old you were getting to drive yes well uh, not on not i wouldn't say on the hop and road up and road and stuff right. like that but uh I, I grew up in a village where we had we had cows in the backyard i mean cows in the in the <laughs> field next to the backyard and uh across the street we had sheep. it's houses now everywhere around around the house but uh still there was there was some room for you know driving around on my dad's laps okay. uh and then learn how to shift gears and and 
And at 15, I, I took my, my parents' car a couple of times just, you know, to have a taste for myself in the, in the, in the area, even though I was just very cautious, driving slowly. But, you know, countryside, countryside experience, I would say. <laughs> Did you ever get an underage ticket for driving? Uh, no, there's a prescription in France is something that is written in the law, so <laughs> I don't care. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> My parents would have had the ticket if ever the, the cops would have been around. So <laughs> you come back home, walk in the front door. Here, mom. Uh, yeah, I got something for you. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I grew up with with surrounded by by this thing about cars and 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 my dad watching TV shows about cars and and receiving magazines and and I started to look at the pictures and and then start to read the magazines and actually some of those magazines are here with me in the U.S. because it was very important. To me to come with uh, with my uh, car material so um, in, in my in my office in my house I have uh, four uh, uh, four um, bookshelves uh, yeah. five bookshelves actually with uh, magazines and uh, uh, small diecast models and uh, and books and uh, and few artifacts and things like that about automobile automobilia and yeah, this is this is really something that is in my in my daily life. <laughs> so okay. so that's 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 the car thing. And now I get to clubs. Uh, a club yep. is is a place where you meet people that have the same sickness as you. So uh, think of it as a group where uh, instead of talking about your issues, you're just enjoying them. <laughs> so the first club, the first club I joined was. Uh, for BMW Z3s, uh, so it's a small roadster and coupe in, uh, yeah. that 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 was sold out all over the world. And uh, I know I know you think it's a neat car as well. I love it. Uh, so I, I had a coupe, uh, and uh, and uh, this is something that I I bought uh, myself this car when I was living in Paris. I was single, and I was fed up with the uh, public transportation. It was taking okay. half an hour, half an hour to to go to to work uh, with a bus and and then the subway. It was taking fifteen minutes by car. So I said, okay, um, let's uh, let's look at things. I want to buy a car so I can escape on weekends. I can be part of clubs. I can go try on track days and and things like that. And then I can go to work. And um, and this is how I got my my Z3 coupe. Uh, I bought the car from from a Belgian garage that that was selling a car that basically that was not in great shape uh, because they were they were about to reshape the car before uh, before selling it, and I went there too early for them. So I saw the car in its uh, real real state of of, of uh, not decay but patina, and uh, and I fixed the car quickly, and I had this nice this nice car to drive around and uh, I drove about 20,000 miles the first year just okay. enjoying the, the, the car life and the club life. So the club life was going to meetings where we were meeting with guys with the same kind of cars. So BMW mm-hmm. Z3s, uh, BMW Z4s also were starting to be uh, a new yep. thing because yep. uh, it was in the mid 2000s and, uh, and the Z4 was just a brand new car. Like it was one or two years old. And um, and so we, we we were just meeting, driving together. So just going for a ride with a with a with a road book in the countryside, stopping at a nice restaurant with view on the cars, and okay. discussing the cars and discussing life and discussing lots of things. Because basically, a, a place like that is a place where you can freely talk about something that 
would would be boring for some people after five for most people after five minutes <laughs> so you just meet with people that you can discuss about yeah that that screw that joint that ceiling that noise that that light that whatever it is you discuss for hours and then you start to share lives and uh, life things and and uh, two of my closest friends i met them through that that club uh and uh and i'm still very very close to them right now even though we're living right. far from each other one has no one has now moved so it was in paris well it was in france it's all over france but uh one of them moved to houston one of my friend and uh houston texas and the other one is in um is in the center of france he moved close to my to my birthplace actually that's funny i have a question for you and this is more of a seed question yeah for friends in upstate new york and she'll know who she is when she hears this episode what is your opinion of volkswagen and audi brands in terms of the quality and craftsmanship of their cars okay this is the moment the minute i become real french <laughs> <laughs> What's here, man? yeah um well I, i'm not i'm not a huge fan of, of volkswagen products for many many reasons uh the first one is the technicality behind the cars it's how they are uh, as the architecture of, of the cars is made uh I, i'm not fond of uh, of the uh the road handling, the, uh, the the personality of the engines, uh, what what we call the uh, I think there's an expression in English for that, but I don't know it. It's how the car touches the road and the feeling that you get from that. Okay. And and it doesn't make it for me. Uh, and doesn't make it for you. Yeah, it's uh, it's not my kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I'm into cars that that talk to you a lot, uh, well balanced and. Uh, that that are a little uh, fighting at time with you. Uh, so uh, uh, an Audi uh, TT was it was it the Quattro TT the roster? Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. Uh, it's I, I wouldn't say it's a blend car, but it is for me. <laughs> so okay. this is where I become French and I and I criti- I criticize things. <laughs> Okay. And, I, and I have a very splitted opinion on things, and, and I'm, I'm very opinionated on, on that. And this is where maybe I, I still have that, that hat of a, of a Beamer driver, even mm-hmm. though I, I think I left that ad in France, and, and I don't think I will ever get it back, in, or, or maybe for some, some of the cars like the so Z3 Coupe. I sold mine in 2012, and, uh, and I regret that, even though I know that if I, if it wouldn't have been 2012, it would have, it would have been 2016 because I wouldn't have been able to bring that car here anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but but this is the the car I regret the most of all the cars I, I've owned so far, and um, so so the car things uh, the car the car club is uh, is also taking shape into uh, uh, different types of of clubs and and the one I founded when I was in France and I, I had this one for about ten years was Track Days. So we right. we go on race tracks uh, and uh, with a group of friends and people you you invite or you just organize a day where people re- register and they pay uh, they participate in the uh, in the rental of the uh, of the place plus the insurance okay. and and so on. So it's a non profit thing that you organize and then you have ten twenty fifty up to uh, I think the, the biggest number we've had was sixty or seventy people coming in the same day. Hmm. Which needs to uh, where we need to regulate because you cannot have more 
than a certain number of cars on, on, on each track because of the length sure. of the track. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, had a great, I had great fun doing that. And uh, this is where there is this little thing that is linked to the fact that I moved to Detroit and, and a, friend of, a couple of friends of mine actually came to me after I moved to Detroit and told me, well, uh, when you say something, you make it happen. Well, maybe not all the time, but as much as I can, I try to. And uh, my, uh, the, as a matter of fact, there, there are two, uh, two kind of ch- amateur championship here in the U.S. Called, uh, one is called the 24 Hours of Lemons. And mm-hmm. the other one is the chump car. So it's just you take jalopies and, and old junkyard cars that are still running and you that are five hundred dollars uh, and you uh, you put some safety uh, equipment on them and then you race them for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> like the rally races. Yeah, but it's it's on a track. So uh, you don't go do that on a, on closed uh, open or clo- on closed roads. You do that on a loop uh, that is that is uh, made for that with safety uh, measures and, and so on and so forth. Okay. And uh, <laughs> since since I was about to move to the U.S. in 2011 and it didn't happen, I looked into the U.S. and said, okay, once I'm in the, um, once I'm in America, I will do the chunk car or the, or the 24 hours of lemons. And then I didn't move. So I said, okay, I need to do that in France. So I was in a, in a, in a club. No, it's not, not really a club, but more of a gathering of weirdos with uh, weird cars and, and, and of, of, of all, sorts, all sorts of cars. I mean, people were driving pre-war cars. Uh, I'm, I'm still in touch with most of them. Uh, so yes. let me interrupt you. What kind of models are we talking when you say pre-war cars? Like, what, what, give me an example. Uh, a car that is from the uh, 20s, 1920s. Hmm. Uh, okay. li- likely sports cars with big engines from then even and, and, and so on and so forth so very technical and very physical to drive okay. um, right. very very also demanding in terms of maintenance uh, n- not yet the kind of cars where some, some of them you need to warm up the oil warm up a lot of things before you can even start the car uh, it's, it's not up to that level because wow. we are impatient uh, driving guys we need the car to start and go. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so this is this is how I, I uh, with that group of, of friends, and we said, I said, okay, in that group of friends, I know at least five teams that could come up with a car, and because uh, it's a budget, it's about a thousand dollar for for a weekend, I would say, just buying the car, preparing everything, paying for the hotel, the gas, uh, the tires, and so on and so forth. So you need to, you need to find guys who can split the money and 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 mm-hmm. have that kind of hobby. So uh, uh, it's not as expensive as golf, I would say, on a yearly basis, but it can get very high. And and if you if you if you want to go into car clubs that are very intense in in, in terms of of driving and so on, you can easily spend two thousand dollars every weekend uh, for like fifteen weekends a year. So. Uh, it's yeah, because track driving is expensive. You you burn the tires. Uh, one set of tire can barely make two weekends, and 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 and, and things like that. If you are very very intense, very uh, passionate, and, and 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 a good driver, if you're a bad driver, the tires will go quicker. <laughs> <laughs> the brakes. You have to know these. Yeah, things. the brakes, the fluids, everything will go with it as quick as 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 you can blink in the blink of an eye. So. Um, <laughs> the better you are, the more you can get from the car. So, uh, so we I organize also track days where 
we had instructors and we were teaching people how to drive faster and, and safer. Okay. Um, and, and, and in 2012, I said, okay, I'm not going to the US, so let's bring the, uh, uh, the, 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 the kind of a lemons or chump car to France and, uh, and I organized on a track uh, some kind of a track day that was uh, all weird like that with cheap cars unexpectedly driving on a, on a, on a, on a, on a track. So there was a, a six-door uh, sedan uh, that was like probably I don't know uh, seven meters long, so that that would be uh, uh, about twenty feet long, something like that. Six, hold on, hold on, hold on. Six, six doors. So tell me where the doors are. So you know. uh, three on each side, basically. It was, three on each. Yeah, side. it was it was a nine uh, nine people car. The guy bought it. Actually, that's a funny story. The guy bought it uh, in, a, in a small garage in a village in, a, in, in somewhere in France. And in that village, Mick Jagger is having his castle, where he's living part of the year. Of course. So we, we have no proof of that. But it's very likely that this car was a former Mick Jagger car. <laughs> he needed a lot of fans or roadies. Or, uh, yeah, you know. that's, that's the kind of car that you take for going to clubs or things around here. Right. I mean, this, this car was an Opel six-door that was not seen in France. You could have some in Germany or something like that. But it's, it was totally odd to see that car in this area. And the car was from yeah. the area. So there's, there's very little doubt that this car was, was uh, at, at some point belonged to somebody else than him. So, okay. But this is the kind of, of weird cars that we had. Uh, German, uh, German cars of, of, with lots of decay and things. The car had to have some rust. That was one of the rules. Uh, and that it had to have rust, yes, yes, of course. Okay, yeah, all right. And that's funny because when, when we were looking for cars, we all shared uh stories the day before, the night before we were driving about how we got the cars. And and one of one of my friends told me that while he was calling people and say, Uh, is the car rusty? Uh, no, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so a car club is a place where you have people willing to spend money for something that wouldn't make sense because for most people, a car is to go from point A to point B, while a club is to enjoy the the the, the, the driving, to enjoy the uh, the lifestyle that goes with it, and 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 sometimes uh, just fixing it, spending time with friends around cars, talking about it, doing some road trips. So it's lot of lots of things around that. It's everything that is that that can be about about the thing. Uh, about the car uh, is 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 good for a passion for a person that is fueled by by passion, and uh, yes, and moving to Detroit, I found not the next level, but I think the top level of that. Okay, uh, I I need to introduce you to someone else that lives very close to you who is very much into this same culture, and he's got a very expansive collection of cars that he likes to um, drive around and show off so i need to put you two in touch nice yeah i would love that thank you and so detroit was something different because uh i was talking about my french at earlier and 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 the way that you have some sometimes you are sometimes very opinionated about things uh there's a little little bit of that in the u.s as people here are your diehard diehard ford or or a gm family or a mopar guy or Right. Uh, or a ricer, if you like, as fast Japanese cars. Or that, there are different words, different names, and different cultures. But 
as long as you love cars in Detroit, you're part of the game. You're part of the gang. You're you're pretty much. <laughs> you can you can see Teslas hanging around with old Japanese cars and and some German cars and Mopars with big blowers and and so I mean it's it's not about the the car itself. It's really about the uh, the the love for it. Um, can I ask you? I want to. I want to. You and I were exchanging uh, earlier um, before we did this interview, and you were turning me onto the point about how many different words uh, you have in France to express what a car is. <laughs> yeah. So, just for fun, rattle off the different words, and maybe if there's a subtle difference between the meaning of one versus the other. But oh, just for fun, what, what are some of the synonyms for cars in French? Well, uh, you have first, this is voiture. This is the, just a, the regular word or automobile, uh, which is the most international word that, that, that we probably have and coming, it's coming right. from Latin. So same roots for, for many, many languages. Uh, then you get into the most common one in, in French familiar slangs or French familiar spoken languages, bagnole. 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 B a b a g n o l e. Okay. Uh, then you have all sorts of of things that are uh, coming from slang and and are, are, are taken from different lexical uh, registry per se. Uh, so you go into well, uh, lessiveuse, which is basically a familiar name for a washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> a washing machine, yeah. okay. And the uh, listeners is just because you point at a car that is just, you know, a square metal thing that has something that turns in it. So it's, it's, it's just a, a moving box. Uh, right. You have Kess. Kess is just, S it's a box. Saw that. Okay. Kess is a box in French. So that's C A I S S E. C A I S S E, exactly, yeah. Okay. So you have Kess, you have, uh, and then you have a, a, lot, a whole lot of different things like a, uh, a, a charrette, which is the uh, uh, the horse uh, carriage, basically. A horse carriage. Yeah, but you just say a carriage. <laughs> so carriage. charrette. Okay. Uh, right. And then you have a chiot, a chiot, which is basically also the name for uh, slang for toilets. Because okay. basically you, you sit on it. <laughs> uh, you have uh, a bourrier, which is like, uh, I think it's, a, it's an agricultural slang of things. This is where you like a box of manure or something like that. Okay. Uh, well, bourrier is probably, uh, excuse my French, but it's shit box, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Is my French says the French. Yeah. So th there's there's uh, there's a, a, a whole lot more words uh, to describe a car. Uh, All right. But I think that I probably probably named the most the most famous yeah. or the most known uh, out of them. Oh, there's there, no, there's the last one. Uh, there's merguez. And merguez, merguez, M-E-R-G-U-E-Z. Okay. Merguez is a kind of sausage. That is coming from, uh, I think it's North uh, North Africa. North it's Africa. a beef okay. beef and lamb sausage, very spicy. Oh, it's a sausage. So basically, when you call a car a merguez, it's a jalopy or a lemon. It means that. So it's not. That's a derogatory term. That's yes. not a compliment. No, it's not a compliment at all. It means that it means that this car has been formally destroyed, repaired. It's not. It's malfunctioning, and so on and so forth. Okay. You add spice so to to hide 
the real taste of it, basically. <laughs> so that we call that a salvaged, you know, salvaged vehicle, salvaged vehicle title. Yeah, but yeah. salvage is a, is a technical word. You can use it uh, with with everyone. Uh, merguez, if you're not part of the car scene, you might not know that word. Okay. It's just just <laughs> like right. I think I think Jalopy is probably the closest one for uh, in English. Uh, it's because uh, lemon would would ring a bell to most people because there's yes, lemon low and, and yeah. so on and so forth, but right. but jalopy is really where you start to get into uh, 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 car guy technicality. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. So let me test some of your um, some of your references as you think about cars. I got some rapid fire questions for you, so just kind of give me your gut, quick answer on on a few of these questions. Sure. Uh, what's the ugliest car ever produced? The Ugly Duckling. The Ugly... Is that really a car? Yes. It's, a, it's an English car that... Uh, it's so ugly that ugly. even the name to the name do the word ugly. The Ugly, <laughs> the ugly Duckling is a weird car that uh, was made by a, a, a brand called... I think it's Marcos. Uh, okay. It's made of wood and, 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 and whatever they found around them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, uh, well, yeah, I used to say uh, I used to say uh, that uh, if God puts people on an island, there's a reason why. And uh, so it's an it's, it's an English car, and I know what I'm talking about. My wife is coming from Corsica, and my father is from, coming from Madagascar. So I have reasons to say that. <laughs> Got it. All right. Well, the the, uh, the British and French rivalry continues. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. It will never end. <laughs> the most expensive car you've driven. Um, it's, it's, it's not a car that you can buy. Uh, it's, it's something, it's a prototype car that I drove here in the Detroit area from a, a brand called Equus. And, uh, the prototype car has no price tag because they've put so many hours and tested so many things and, and it's all assembled by hand. And this is, this is not, I wouldn't say it's not the most expensive by MSRP, but it's likely to be the most expensive Anyway, because these cars are handmade, and uh, if you can buy one, it's five hundred thousand dollars anyway. Okay. And the prototype car is like, well, if you can make put a price on a prototype car, it's probably millions. And if you can right. sell one, it's probably tens of thousands. All right. So <laughs> the lab experiment. So yeah, it's this is probably the, the most expensive car I've driven. Fastest car you've ever driven? Uh, probably this one too, the Equus Best Seven Seventy. Okay. Uh, you get up to? I, I did. Oh, I, this is not the car I've driven the fastest, but this is the fastest car I've driven. Oh, good point. Okay, so let's go there. That's actually the question. So, the fastest car you've or the fastest you have driven a car? Uh, as a passenger, it's 200 miles an hour. Uh, <laughs> as, as, a, as a driver, it's uh, uh, 160, 170, probably. What were you driving? Uh, BMW 5 Series. Okay, all right. And, yeah. and, and I couldn't sleep for one week after that because we have automatic radars in France. And I said, okay, I'm going to receive a, a nice fine and they're going to seize the car. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to take the car. They're going to take you to jail. Yeah, in France, they can, in France, they can, they can seize your vehicle and, and sell it. Uh, so, uh, oh, how nice. Yeah, that's, that's a new law that came about 10 years ago. So more and more expensive cars are now registered in Luxembourg. Did you, okay, so did, you, did I hear you say that's a new law or that's a new law? That's a new law. With an A. That's a. Okay. Yeah. Once again, excuse my French. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it sounds like it could be a new low. But it's, well, it is. But... It is as well. It is as well. But this is this is the point where even my accent, even if I could make it uh, on purpose, 
people would think that it, it, it's a mistake anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think it applies. Both ways. Yes. Uh, yes. Your favorite car movie. Uh, that, that's a very hard question. Uh, it's just like, what is your, your what is your favorite music album? Uh, it's, it's very hard because uh, lately I've been, I've been putting together a list of the, of the classic car movies okay. um, ever made. And, and believe it or not, but Bullet is not part of that, of that list because it's, not, it's, a, it's a movie with a car scene, right, but it's not right. a car movie. I would agree. I would agree. Um, so car chase just happened to be gratuitous to what the Mustang you know, offered in the movie. Yeah. Um, I, I, would be, I would be in between two two kinds of movies uh and probably one is about uh one movie i love is vanishing point uh with a vanishing point vanishing point with barry newman okay it's a when did that come out how, how long what, 72 roughly? or 74 i don't remember all right it's 70s okay was it an american movie or a European? yes yes it's is an american it? movie it's uh okay. it's uh one man uh uh, is is driving a car? Is must take. He takes a car from Denver to uh, San Francisco, and get into a, 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 a police chase. And 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 it's just. It's also the psychology of the of of the guy driving alone, and and it's zero f given. At some point, he's just he, he, he's just lost in his own uh, in his own uh, uh, story and. Uh, that that's an interesting movie on on different perspective and and I really love that movie and and right. everything is about that car and 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 I was saying that I I'm I'm um, I used to be a Beamer guy when I was in Europe I turned into a Mopar guy now I'm in the US and this is about <laughs> a Dodge a Dodge Challenger as a guest star in the in the movie so uh, I, I love all sorts of cars I'm not just a one brand or one model guy car I right. I love Ford Mustangs I love uh, uh, Mercury Cougars. I love, I love a whole bunch of cars. Uh, it's really about what. It's really about the story of the car, the man behind the story. Also, uh, there, there's no car without men. I mean, if if the men disappear in a, in a disembodied organization, the cars that are made are bland and and they don't, they they have no appeal to me. So, I mean, oh. it's, it's really <laughs> okay. it's really important that there is some some thoughts and 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 some. Uh, uh, tastes and and guts that are put in in one vehicle and to to tell the to make this vehicle a story of itself. So uh, so yeah. So you lead me to my last question for you on this series here of of rapid fires. Just, 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 yeah, just, just before the other style of movies is is Rush or or lately Ford versus Ferrari because I love oh, the yes, stories yeah. about the man behind the stories. Got it. Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. This is a good right. movie. I mean, there are some things where reading a lot about cars, there are some things there. Okay, I, they took a shortcut here, or this is just, uh, this is just you know tweaked for the for the for the for the sake of the movie. But still, the the, the story and how it's told is is very interesting, and I and I and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love seeing yeah the backstories about the players, the drivers, the decision makers. Uh, yeah, the, the, the people behind it. And I, I wrote a book about about the car industry and. And it was probably one of the best experiences of my life uh, on, on a more professional but also passionate way of doing things is uh, when I got to interview people about the industry because I interviewed people that started to work in the car industry in the 60s and they, had, they were full of anecdotes and, and crazy stories about things that I read in, in magazines and books. And there was in front of the, those guys who made that, those stories and 
they were telling me telling it to me uh, and and i was i was just you know like this cliche about you're a 12 year old you're sitting on your uncle's laps and he's right. telling you a crazy story about the 60s <laughs> <laughs> you got to write a book about all the stories that's uh yeah, uh, if I could, that that would be my day, my 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 day job. Okay, all yeah. right. <laughs> so so put your put your uh, advertising hat on for a moment, Bertrand. Um, give me your best advertising pitch for your most favorite car. Pick one car, and what would your pitch for it be? Oh, that's a very hard one. Uh, <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> Hit advance warning. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's 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 not. Uh, well, what what car would you want to market or advertise the most if you had all the money in the world? What car would you put most passion behind? Probably a '60s uh, Mopar car uh, with movie scenes or something like that. Something that smells oil, smoke, and 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 uh, and. I, I I don't know. I mean, the the, the current the current uh, advertisement for for uh, Chrysler are are making making it a lot for me, uh, like the Brotherhood of Muscle and so on and so forth. It, it sounds very seventies uh, and 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 uh, and out of time and 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 and, but still, I mean, I I like that. So I would say that I would probably advertise uh, uh, nineteen seventy. Plymouth Roadrunner or something like that, or, or Barracuda, okay, right. and uh, and I would put that car, you know, just spinning around on a racetrack and and with one guy smiling and no text, no nothing, just pure emotion. <laughs> and see how fast it, you can burn. Yes, it's it. No words, no, just you know, feeling the emotion, putting, taking, taking the the uh, the, the the guy in front of his TV in the back seat and say, okay. It, it there's no word to describe that just get the feeling in your guts I, I i have to admit this just sounds very much like a very from an american point of view one of the classic french romantic you know uh movies with a little bit of abstract you know concepts but in your world it's focused around just driving that road runner <laughs> yes <laughs> Okay. Yes, it's you know you have those French movies where you see the lovers looking each, into each other's eyes. Then you have the guy looking into the uh, the gauges of his cars. <laughs> right, right, got it. Hey. I, I, or, I, I life takes no offense here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay. So, so let me um is, go ahead. I, I was no, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. I just um, uh, if you were to um able to drive in any track that you know in in any of the races uh on the global circuit what would it be oh there's a list i mean w one cannot fulfill just just all the needs uh <laughs> <laughs> you only get one it's, uh it's i am if i if i only can. get one uh i'd love to drive on on wheel run uh in california because this is basically the uh this is where a lot of things happen in back in history. This is this is one of the racetracks where Carroll Shelby was testing his cars. This is where you see still a lot of journalists uh, riding, driving cars. This is probably this one. Uh, this one would 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 be um, the one that I would that I would uh, I would love to drive on. And I, I think one day I will be able to, if I, except if they close it. But I don't think it's uh, it's it's uh, it's one of, it's one thing that they look forward to. 
but uh, that's that's probably one because there, there's a, a myth behind it, uh, and and it's a racetrack that um, that mm. that gets my interest for the history behind it. One racetrack that I would love to drive on, but I know that it's not possible anymore. So uh, it's more something of a of a of a like really a dream that that cannot be fulfilled ever. <laughs> Uh, close to where I grew up, there's a, there's a, a racetrack called Charade. I rented that track with my club a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But the Charade uh, that we have now is just a small racetrack compared to what it was uh, a long time ago. It was 10 miles long in the 60s and 70s because they were closing uh, roads for having the, this, uh, this track uh, fully uh, operating. It's just like Le Mans. If you look at yep. the Le Mans uh, racetrack, there's the what they call the Bugatti, and the Bugatti is the the um, the uh, the racetrack that you can rent or, or drive on all year long. Okay. And then you have the Le Mans 24 Hours track. Correct. And they close they close roads and they close the the roads around the track because the roads around the track are part of the track itself. Ah, uh, and that's the track they profiled in Ford versus Ferrari. Exactly. Yeah. The, Mulsen, the what they call the Mulsanne Strait, uh, what it's called the Mulsanne Strait, is actually a, a, a road. It's an open road. Okay. All right. So uh, it's called the Unodier in French. So that was funny because I learned that during the movie, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, and, and, and the first time I said, no, it's not called the, the Mulsanne, it's called the Unodier. Yeah, okay. <laughs> try, to get, try to get someone from China or from the US to pronounce Unodier and then <laughs> you understand why it's the Mulsanne straight. <laughs> You're getting schooled by this, by this recent movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's but that's a good thing. I mean, you, it's, I have lots of magazines that I that I got when I when I when I came here, and I still have to open them and read them. So <laughs> you always have something to learn. This is this wonderful. is this is just like music. There's always something to discover. Well, I hope for those of you listening, you guys have picked up and caught the bug of just looking a little more into the car culture. Um, Berta and I, you know, I've known you for years, and you've just opened my eyes to even some other life experiences that you've had uh, around uh, the automobile um, as well as the industry. Um, fortunately, well, fortunately, I, I know you well enough and you had shared your book with me that you mentioned. Unfortunately, I'm unable to read it still because I just have to go back to college and get my degree in French, but um, I still possess It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do I need to translate it. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I think that's all the time we've got. Um, I'm grateful that you uh, carved some time out on the weekend for us and um, love the fact that um, you just raw ambition and excitement got you here in Detroit. And, um, you know, I have no doubts you're going to be <laughs> staying with your cars and and um, I, I, I will follow up and connect you with a couple people in your backyard who um, you're going to find you share very similar uh, patterns of, of free time. <laughs> We share a safe sickness. <laughs> yeah, it might be good, but it's about the epitome of high effort hobby, is what I think on this podcast. So you uh, you hold the bar at the highest level so far, Bertrand. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I really appreciated that that, that, that time with you, and uh, and I hope people will, will will enjoy it as well. And uh, and and thank you for for having yeah, me. It's really, yeah. uh, really an honor. Thanks for yeah. sharing. All right, we'll talk soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Right, thank you. Opening guitar riff by Mike. Awesome. Card is.